Welcome to What Do You Need to Know About God in Today's World? In the previous episode, I discussed why I thought that America was not a systemically racist country. In this episode, I would like to discuss how did we get to this point of such unrest and the impact upon our nation. We must begin by looking at racism as our problem and expose why many in our society are touting racial injustice and a racist America as the primary root cause of disparity in the black communities. After about the 1960s, America was making great strides in the progress of blacks, especially after welfare programs were dismantled, which had made blacks totally dependent on government assistance for generations. Once this system was eliminated, blacks experienced great economic success and were traversing along into full integration, both socially and corporately, and the country as a whole was improving in racial relations. And this even culminated in the election of our first black president. However, after all of this progress, in about 2008, there came this massive schism in our society when progressives began to divide the country along the lines of one's identity. They pitted the rich against the poor, blacks against the cops, and now blacks against white oppression and racism and a systemically racist America. These liberal elites pander to tribalism because they know that it will breed division in the country, a division designed to totally dismantle America and transform it into what these radical leftists deem a socialist utopia built on the framework of globalism and total control of the masses. Their tactic is to victimize those who might have legitimate grievances and pit them against those who supposedly oppress them. Today, they're taking advantage of blacks and using them in their anger, frustration, and outrage against injustices to tear down America. And they're not only manipulating blacks, but they are manipulating whole segments of the population, masses of white people, corporations, and whole industries to endorse and even finance their liberal agenda. So all the mayhem we see in our cities and streets is not some natural, organic fallout against racism, but instead orchestrated events by people whose aim is to destabilize the country and cause large-scale anarchy and destruction of America as we know it. From all accounts, these people are in the minority, but they wield great influence and power through the use of their platforms. So let's analyze and expose who they are and their role in our state of affairs. First of all, you have the elite media. Years ago, the media used to be objective, not today. Today, most of the media is an arm of the liberal elites, which gives one-sided biased news from a slanted liberal perspective. Today's mainstream media doesn't report the news, but crafts the news, to establish narratives they deem as newsworthy and use hype to improve ratings. Their goal is to sway and control public opinion and thought and push the entire country in a set direction to accomplish what they want to achieve. Whether it's demeaning the current administration or vilifying the police or claiming America is systemically racist, the liberal media sets up these narratives to have a ripple effect of dividing the country. And the deep divisions we see taking place in our country today is a result of the media's vast power to spread its narratives 
and its vast power to destroy any who disagrees with them. Anyone who disagrees with them and their narrative is labeled as racist, evil, and hateful, and accordingly deserves to be attacked, forced to apologize, and pushed out of their jobs and positions. They are shamed and ridiculed, and their voices are shut down. Any symbols in our society that is counter to their narrative is also targeted for removal or canceled, and they gin up their Twitter trolls and use mob control to harass and shame anyone who does not fall in line. But with their one-sided reporting, contortion of the truth, their power to control the narrative and set the parameters of conversation with their wall-to-wall, 24-7, relentless coverage designed to sway public opinion, the media is increasingly becoming a major faction to push liberal cultural change at the expense of truth, free speech, the death of journalism, and even at the expense of exploiting you, the viewer. Joining the dishonest media is big tech and the halls of universities and academia, who also engage in censorship and attempts to stamp out freedom of speech, free exchange of ideas, and diversity of opinions, offering safe spaces to students and their employees to supposedly shelter them from things they find offensive, and they encourage them to protest and ostracize dissenting voices. Rather than debate on the merit, this is the course liberals take because they know that their arguments are fallible and cannot hold up in vigorous debate. And they have taken things one dangerous step further. In an attempt to justify their one-sided reporting and viewpoints, they have begun to say that there are no two sides of any issue, but only the right side, and they are the arbiters of what is right and wrong, and the ones who have the high moral ground and duty to shut down contrary voices. But please do not let them insult your intelligence. Instead, take a stand and demand objectivity from your media and varying viewpoints to be heard on college campuses and in big tech companies. Inform these people that no one has appointed them as society's moral authority and that it is you, the individual, who is your own arbiter for what is morally right and wrong. Anything else amounts to you being indoctrinated and spoon-fed your opinion and morals. As a matter of fact, against their narratives and cacophony of voices, we the people and politicians should not allow these people to suppress our personal viewpoints and opinions and demand we retract what we say and believe and give apologies for it. Instead, let's demand that everyone be allowed to speak their opinion and convictions even if we disagree with it, without fear of threats, harassment, ad hominems, and societal pressures. Else we are losing the fight for individual constitutional liberties and freedoms, which our founders fought for. And we are headed down the path to forced uniformity versus diversity of thought. But the media forges on, exploiting people and trampling on their rights in order to propel their narratives. Now, the latest narrative being pushed is that America is systemically racist, with escalating racist accusations occurring over the last three years to give the impression that this current administration is the most racist ever. 
The media's daily bombardment and fixation on racism has even turned the attention of blacks all the way back to slavery and Jim Crow laws as if it happened yesterday. Why? Because the media knows that racism is a highly sensitive, volatile topic, and if they can convince blacks that America is systemically racist and that they are victims of an oppressive society with little to no opportunities to succeed, they can use their frustrations and stir up discontentment, which could erupt into violence and social upheaval, which is exactly what they desperately seek, an overthrow of America as we know it. So the media overemphasizes and distorts racial topics that justify their narrative while downplaying others. For example, the racial issue of policemen unjustifiably killing young blacks fits right into liberal media's narrative. So the media spotlights continuous coverage of such incidences simply so that they can point the finger and say, see, we told you America is systemically racist and we are on your side. Well, yes, the unjustifiable killing of blacks by white cops is horrendous. However, the media overzealous one-sided reporting on this issue shows their hypocrisy of supposed concern for black lives because a black male is far more likely to be killed by another black male than by a white policeman. In virtually every city, especially in urban cities like Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore, Los Angeles, every weekend young black bodies pile up in the streets from black-on-black -black crime and violence at an unprecedented rate almost to the extinction of our young black males. And even young babies and children become victims in these crimes. And no one says anything about the loss of these black lives. And no one knows the names of these victims. Are these black lives less valuable than those killed by a white cop? Of course not. But because this statistics does not fit into the media's narrative of systemic racism in America being the root cause of blacks' problems, it goes underreported. Yet there needs to be an outcry for these lives as well. And what's interesting is that the media has even conditioned black people to ignore these statistics. Because if black lives do matter, then black people and the Black Lives Matter group should be protesting and marching about these tragic deaths too. Instead, what the media has done is to put at the forefront talking heads who support them in their narrative of racism, the majority of whom are also taking advantage of blacks for their own gain. In this category, you have race baiters who make everything about race and make black people believe that they are being oppressed and victimized by all white people and can never overcome oppression to accomplish anything significant in life. You have celebrities in Hollywood and sports figures who are taking advantage of the situation and jump on any and every bandwagon simply to make themselves relevant and feel as if they're making a significant contribution by attaching themselves to the latest movement of the time. Then you have corporate leaders who jump in the fray because they are afraid of being ostracized and labeled as racist and boycotted by a frenzied mob of people who demand that you see things their way or face all of these consequences. Then there are many politicians who simply patronize blacks to gain votes 
and then abandon them. This is especially true in many urban cities that have been run by Democrats for decades. Yet the state of affairs in those cities for Blacks in every indicator is deplorable, and it is incomprehensible how Black constituents continue to vote for them. Additionally, many of these cities are run by minorities, so this debunks the myth that racism is what is oppressing and holding Black people back. And rather than truly trying to help save Black lives, in the black cause, the liberal media and all of these people engage in virtue signaling efforts and gestures simply to appease black people rather than offer you real solutions. They tell you tear down, deface, and rename statues and monuments, ban movies, cartoons, books, and anything with a reference to whatever they find offensive. And these gestures will help you solve your problems. When in truth, all of this is just an exercise in futility and accomplishes absolutely nothing. We as a country are not defined by our history, but who we are in the present. Therefore, you don't have to erase, edit, and try to sanitize your history. It's like trying to sanitize the history of your personal relationships. Some were good, some were bad, but it doesn't define who you are today. History is to be studied to learn from the past and choose the course for the future. If you tear down your history and try to erase it, you have no markers for where you've been or where you are going and no gauge to determine your progress. Therefore, you're more likely doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. So liberals have you focusing your energy in all the wrong places on empty gestures and wasted efforts that lead to no substantial change for minorities. Because after you've exhausted yourself in such meaningless exercises on statues and buildings, your problems still exist. This is nothing but a distraction to give you the illusion that they are solving the problem of racism. And our leaders should not permit this willful destruction and vandalism, because where will it end? They have already set ablaze and defaced a historic church in D.C. and are already talking about removing images of Jesus, who is not white, but Middle Eastern Jewish descent, from stained glass windows in churches. All of this is simply underscoring that this is not some peaceful protest to right the wrongs of racism, but it is an anarchistic worldwide fascist movement designed to destroy and overthrow European history and to remake America into a globalist socialistic hub. And though this movement does have intentions of perpetuating itself, it does not have the intention of bringing about real change for blacks or the country. If Blacks want real change, then let's make it meaningful and not some symbolic overtures and pseudo-solutions heralded by liberals and the media to accomplish their goals. Now, the media and liberal elites are not only manipulating Blacks, they're also manipulating many whites by invoking guilt in them. White privilege has become a byword, and it is used to suggest that Blacks are at a disadvantage because of white superiority. So they pushed the notion that whites should ask for forgiveness from blacks for being white, for white privilege, and for the sins of their forefathers. And you will see white people from all walks of life, corporate leaders, sports figures, entertainers, and the average white person engaging in cultic-like rituals of apologies and asking for forgiveness of these so-called sins. 
But this is a form of mind control that's brainwashing white people as they try to grapple with their own feelings about racism. And these so-called confessions of white guilt are absurd because today's whites did not participate in these past injustices and today's blacks are not victims of these past injustices. Whites are no more guilty of the sins of their forefathers than they are guilty of the sins of their own fathers. Yes, every white person should take a hard look at themselves to determine if racism exists in their own individual heart today. And then they should want to ask for forgiveness, but not in some public ritualistic declaration to society at large, but privately to God Almighty, who will forgive them and change their heart and attitude toward all people of color. Then too, realize that you are created in the image of the Almighty God, and you do not have to apologize for your race and for your position of being in the majority. Sure, it is somewhat of an advantage for being white in this country or in the world for that matter. Because even if we were all of the same race, there is always going to be a privileged group of people. As it is the nature of man to jockey for positions. But this can only be solved when we reconcile within ourselves as individuals, regardless of our race or position, to treat everyone with dignity, respect, and equity. As for blacks, no black person should buy into the lie that they are victims of some racist, oppressive society and a white privilege which circumvents their success, and the lie that government and its handouts, including reparations, can save them. Whites and external factors do not control your destiny, and government giveaways only perpetuates dependency and an inability to achieve. We live in the greatest country in the world with the greatest opportunities available if we apply ourselves. Nothing, then, is an impediment to your achievement except your own inward perception and the limitations you place upon yourself. Furthermore, you too are created in the image of Almighty God who has implanted in you great potential and gifts and who will enable you to succeed. It is God alone who determines your fate and destiny, which are too important to be left in the hands of men. When you grasp this reality, there are no impediments that can minimize your success. This country elected a black president, and if you apply yourself and take advantage of the opportunities here in this country, you could be the next. Right now, we all need to realize and reject the progressive left liberal agenda of outright hatred and destruction of this country and its history with the goal of establishing a new America where they have complete control over the masses and they govern through appeasement, forced conformity, and mob rule. None of this especially produces real change for blacks nor furthers the health of this nation. So in the next episode, I will explore how we as black people can take control of our own destiny and make significant change in our communities. But until next time, let he who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of God says. There is a greater authority than that of man who rules heaven and earth. He alone is capable of helping to solve all of society's ills, and we need to turn to him. Hebrews 12.2 says, Look unto him, Christ Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith and lives. 
thank you, Jesus, that we are never left at the mercy of men, but always at the mercy of God, who promises to help us in our time of need when we turn to him. Amen.